Aren't you? Almost certainly, yes. Mm, I hate this. <laughs> well, uh, you know, this is it, huh? I just realized that I don't remember the name of the book that is the thing that inspired <laughs> this episode. So you introduce the podcast while I look. Uh, hello, this is Abigail Kelly. And I'm here with Alyssa, Alyssa, and this is the really cool podcast, uh, Kingdom of Thirst. You can tell how often you listen to my, how often you listen to my podcast. Or also actually the memory that I have, which is zero. I have no memory of anything. Could be both. Probably no los dos. Yeah. 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 Well. I found it. Um, Hi, welcome to the Kingdom of Thirst podcast. My name is Abigail Kelly. I'm with Allie. This is one of those. You know what? Huh. I just remembered the last time we did this was the No Show by Beth O'Leary. And I did the thing. Yeah. And I got so profoundly ill afterwards. Oh, was it my podcasting? No, it was the, it was the eggs I ate off the table <laughs> that, that were, had been probably sitting on the table at H Mart for a solid 10 hours. And I did eat one and I did get quite, quite sick. Very sick. Didn't I eat those eggs too? Yeah, you have a stronger constitution than me. That is established. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not gonna happen this time. Although we did have a really big dinner once we again. Had such a big dinner. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna unbutton one of the buttons. On You're the gonna button. unbutton one of the buttons. Yeah. Okay. This oh. is a confined space. Yeah. Just well, it's just a button. It's not a curry burp. That you know. <laughs> Those things aren't necessarily on the same. It's more of a lateral move, I think. One's not particularly. You don't like the button. It's not that I don't like the button. It's just the I. I now I'm going to be thinking about how you have a button of your pants undone the entire time we're does sitting it, here. Does it make you feel better to know that there's six other ones that are still buttoned? It tantalizes me for sure. Hmm. That says a lot. Welcome to the King of Thirst <laughs> podcast. I'm Abigail Kelly. Do you want to be me again? You want to? I don't think I'd do a very good job at being you. Probably not. It's... No, I'm not unhinged enough. No, few are. Yeah. 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 You know what we're talking about today? Book. Yeah, for sure. Book. Do you remember the name of the book? Well, we're not talking about. This was inspired by my reading of a book, but we're not really going to talk about the book so much. It's not like okay. it's not an episode about a specific book. I'm not doing a plot recap. Um, this is more. I I was thinking about how I've mentioned it before, specifically related to fairy tales, which is not necessarily what we're talking about today. Although it is, there's a lot of crossover. We're talking today about um, uh, classic retellings, so classic literature, whatever that means. It's a it's a nonsense phrase. <laughs> Means nothing. <Yeah. clears throat> and it's steeped in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But in general, I'm thinking things like the uh Island of Dr. Moreau. I'm thinking I Sherlock Holmes. I have some of those. I'm thinking of Pride and Prejudice. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I got one, yeah. Um, so, you know, Peter Pan. I do actually have one of those. Loads. I know you have more. 
I actually didn't bring any Peter Pan ones. I, what? I know. I, I know. only have one. And I was like, oh, it's fine that I only have one. Abigail has like 12 that she's told I actually about. really haven't read that many. I've not, not read. I've only read Hook. Uh, not you haven't ho- read the one? Oh, sorry, no, not Lost Boy. Lost Boy. That's the one. I was getting mistaken for Hook because they're basically the same book. Um, and they're about the same exact thing. Um, but Lost Boy is one of my favorite books of all time. We'll destroy you. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't really... I, there are a lot of romance novels. You One of these... Yeah, that's a good idea for an episode. I need to do a deep dive. On, We're going to stop this episode. Yeah, hold on. I need to go read. <laughs> because there's a lot of different angles that people take, I know, where, like, usually it's about Wendy, and either she's fucking Peter or she's fucking Captain Hook. You know. So... She's always fucking somebody, that There's girl. a lot, or it's about Tinkerbell uh, and any, you know, again, Hooker. I mean, talk about size difference. Ew. Okay. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so this was specifically inspired because I have talked about it before. <clears throat> and how a lot of times uh, retellings can get tricky for a number of reasons. Not least of which is because people have very strong opinions about what the... Um, source material means and what it should carry over into a retelling. Yeah. Um, and sometimes those things can get like really racist and homophobic and shit. Yay! Um, you know, but we're not really gonna dive into that too much, except to say that that fucking sucks and means nothing. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. Um, yeah. but um, it also can be something as like simple as people getting upset that um, you know, it wasn't period accurate when it's like. Cool. It doesn't have to be. Yep. No one cares. Yep. It's fiction. Um, but these these are tales that are really, really important to people. Like, they are cultural touchstones. Everyone knows a little something about most of them, if not a lot about all of them, mm-hmm. right? I think probably the one I'm least familiar with out of that list I said is The Island of Dr. Moreau. That's just because I haven't read it. I also haven't read it. And I've read, I think, at you read, least two retellings of it at this point. Yeah, because you read uh, Sylvia Moreno yeah. Garcia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Her books are so fucking good. They're so good. If you haven't read Sylvia Moreno Garcia's books, please do yourself a favor. They're so fucking good. And they're short. She doesn't they're read not, super no, long books. They're not terribly long. They're extremely engaging. Yeah. And her writing is like this... It's like haunting in so many ways. It's it'll that shit'll stick with you. That shit'll stick with you. She writes it like in a very, I think, Ursula Gwynn way, where mm. she's like a master of language itself. Yes. Yes. And so how she plays with language will like it's it's one of those things where you can tell she's clearly like in her heart a poet. But in actual practice, she's a novelist, and that means she is good at plot. Yeah. As well as good at words. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas a poet <laughs> is usually not very good at plot. Beautiful, beautiful books. No plot. Yeah, I don't understand poetry, so I can't really speak I'm not even talking about poetry. I'm talking about when poets write novels. What poet has written novels? So many poets write novels. I can't James read. Baldwin. Oh, I should really read James Baldwin. I've read the first couple chapters of a few of his books when I've been, like, receiving them into the store. Yeah. Um, And I'm always like, wow, this is such lovely writing. I should read more. And then I don't have him in my shelf. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, his, like, uh, the thing about, like, poets in particular is mm. that they can write beautiful novels. Like, their novels are really something special. And they are doing things that 
I could never do with language and with emotion and imagery. Plot is the least of their concerns, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually like, you know, intense human relationships and three people sitting here in a room having a conversation over the course of 200 pages. You know, Ooh, like... is there a specific book you're thinking of? In- uh, there's a few. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. they're just... They're fine. They're good. They're, yeah. But you're not reading them for the plot. You're no, the you're reading them for the language. Yeah, um, for sure. But that being said, moving on. You should read James Baldwin's books if you haven't. They'll destroy you. Um, and they'll kind of make you rethink uh, language, actually. Um, they're all very short, too. He didn't write long, yeah. very long books. So so we're, we're talking about, like, classic stories that are retold and reframed. Particularly, I'm thinking of a lot of romance novels. A lot of romance novels use these. And one of the reasons that a writer might want to use something like a retelling mm-hmm. is not only because, like, maybe it's their favorite story, right? Yeah. That's perfectly valid reason Everybody to do loves it. fan fiction. Everybody loves fan fiction. Um... But um, on top of that, it's a, I'm not, I don't intend this in a judgy way, Mm -hmm. but it is to an extent a gimmick, Mm -hmm. right? In the same way that using any other trope is a gimmick. Yeah. It's totally fine. Um, But it is a way, an easy way to be like, hey, do you love Hades and Persephone? You'll love this book. Yeah. And... You know, and it works and it works. It always works because people love reading the same stories over and over and over again. That's absolutely program. Yeah. Um, And the problem therein lies is that not all of these books are done to the same degree of skill Mm -hmm. or I would say care. You know, not everybody looks at this thing, goes like, I care. Um. I really, really care about this book and I want to do something really cool and interesting and different with this, even though it is a retelling of something everybody knows. There are going to be folks, inevitably, as in every field, who take it on as like, all right, well, it'll just be the Disney movie retold. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, except they fucking it. Like, you know, and and that's a sure way to do it. For sure. For sure. For sure. So I thought, before we start out with our list, mm-hmm. we start talking about books. Yes. We could talk about what makes a good retelling and what makes a slightly less good uh, retelling, a subpar retelling. Yeah. Right, Do you want start. me to go first? Yeah, you can okay. What do you think? Uh, well, in my opinion, I think a good retelling takes the like heart of the story, takes the um, like themes behind the story, yeah. and creates something that is in a new enough space where you can still, you know, build on those ideas yeah. and you can, like, tell that same uh, words. plot. Yeah, but not just the plot. Like, you can, like, changing the plot enough so that you can still sort of recognize it, uh-huh. but that you can keep those themes and tell that same, like, moral, uh-huh. I guess, yeah. story. Yeah. Um. And keep the heart of it while not just being like, I've changed the names of the characters and the setting. And so it's a whole different thing now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's tough because, you know, on one hand, you can do it too close to the source material. Oh, yeah. And then on the other hand, you can do it too far away from the source material. 
Um, and then we also have the ones where it's just like, you know, I, 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 there's a, there's a weird middle ground of retelling where it is a retelling, but mm-hmm. it's also not really a retelling. It kind of is just the same story. Yeah. I think specifically of Laura Olympus mm. because it's both a retelling. Yeah. Obviously making huge changes to yes. this. It's partially set in a modern version of Olympus. Yeah. But it's also set in ancient Greece, but it's also the same myth, but not like that's something that's kind of like weird to define a really that's like a really weird area there. But for the most part, like they're generally generally pretty clear to the point where they'll put them on the fucking cover. But like this is, a you know, whatever retelling or something. Right. Um, What's it? What's like a pet peeve you have with a retelling? I feel like a pet peeve that I have with the retelling. Wow, I feel like I'm writing an essay right now. Well, Miss <laughs> Kelly. In this essay, I'll... In this essay, I'll explain why. A pet peeve that I have with the retelling is... Um, I didn't know we got to write essays, so we're just pet peeves, or else high school would have been much more interesting for me. <laughs> Once in high school, uh, my teacher said to write uh, an essay describing, like... I think what she was asking for was the differences between these two characters in um that the dickens book it was the best of times it was the worst of times a tale of two cities um i don't know any dickens really i had to read two dickens that sucks it was better than plato you got you got dick down huh anyways she asked (laughs) she asked she asked us to write about like the differences between these two characters and she worded it as like a disagreement or or an argument or something Uh and um, or like a fight. And I read fight and I thought, mm, yes, here's my time to shine. And I wrote these two characters having a WWE style cage oh match. Oh my God. You had like a rap battle style. Yeah. 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 My teacher handed it back and was like, this was great. You it was not what I asked for. You are, you have like the same amount of time. Please give me what I actually asked for. <laughs> I once I remember I I my crowning jewel of high school was I did this like super researched essay on mm. um GMOs mm-hmm. and uh I took the side of the GMOs are fine because we've mm-hmm. been gen- genetically engineering shit for yeah literally the entirety of humanity's history um and I like it was like 20 pages long yeah. like super set like I put a ton mm-hmm. of work into this and I got a B and when I looked at my score it was like what like why? Like there was there was no yeah. like actual and he my teacher I'll never forget his name was Mr. Hancock. He loved playing Diablo and he had huge mutton chops and no hair on his head. Um and he <laughs> he looks like a roly poly. Um <laughs> he um he was like, Oh yeah, no, your essay was great. I just think it was too advanced of a subject for you. That yeah. that isn't a good reason to give yeah. someone a B. He approved my subject matter. Like he had to approve like the choice and then he had to approve the thesis and then we had to write it so there were two points of failure there on his part yeah wow yeah well he gets an f on that assignment i hope i hope he loses all of his saves oh yeah me too uh, um no but a pet peeve of mine is when they uh when authors think that they are actually staying true to the characters mm-hmm. and they are veering so far away from the characters that there's this character that you love where you're like 
this is not the same person that I loved from the original book or any of the other retellings. Yeah. This person it, is... It just has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Which is fine, but, you know. Yeah. Just write, not, yeah. Just write a different book Just write then. a different book then. Um, <clears throat> my pet peeve is when people write books that are fan fiction for a movie a, that is an adaptation of... of uh, classic. Specific. It is very specific. I, I I particularly mean like if it's um you know Alice in Wonderland gets this a lot because we think yeah. of Alice in Wonderland we have a very specific image in our mind because of a very very important film, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like like I think I don't know if this is me being snooty. I don't think it's me being snooty. I. Because I, I don't care about the properties. I don't yeah. care. However, it it does kind of kill me when I feel like I'm reading a book and I page after page after page is just you being like, did you know these things from the movie? Did you know? I'm just going to describe the thing from the movie. Do you know the movie about it? And it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily mean that you have to go all the way back to the source material and completely divorce it from no, this thing yeah. that's culturally important. But at the same time, if I wanted to watch the fucking movie, I'd watch the fucking movie. Yeah. Um, and and I like I want to see you do something different with it. I don't want all the same imagery. I don't yeah. want all of the like <laughs> I don't necessarily need you to be like, and this is and, and this is the Mad Hatter, right? And this is him like do something different. I'll know who you're talking about. Yeah. Like if you if you are confident enough in your ability as a writer, you will get me there. Yes. Um you know, and so that that I feel like is I'm glad you're having fun, but it also feels lazy. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a personal thing. I think that yeah. line is gonna be completely different for everybody else. Um, but like that gets to me a lot. And, you know, I had that same complaint with a Beauty and the Beast retelling mm. where I got like hundred pages in and I had to put it down because I was so angry. Mm-hmm. Like it was a literal it was a retelling of the movie which is a retelling of the story but this retelling of the movie just inexplicably set it in chicago and okay which is fine we can do that but the thing the reason that he was the beast was because people thought he murdered his wife and then it was like there was a Lumiere who inexplicably had a French accent. There was a Mrs. Potts who was his cook who inexplicably had a Cockney accent. Like, the details that were shoehorned in were specifically from the movie. Yeah. And it made no sense in context. Yeah. Like, it was all over the fucking place. And we're just getting so fucking angry. <laughs> so mad. It's like, this is maybe one of the easiest plots you could have done. Truly. And you and you did this? Guy you just did fan fiction who has done bad things ethically. Gets turned into a monster and has to be taught how to be a decent person by someone who comes in from the outside. And you know what? It's a romance novel. You can get away with him kidnapping her. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that just the way? Ain't that just the way? I've also realized through your uh, very succinct and delicious discussion right now Mm -hmm. of your anger over that book Mm -hmm. um, that I think some of my favorite adaptations have been adaptations that I didn't realize were adaptations. Yes. Yes. Where they they sink you into this story that feels so familiar and so wonderful uh, and you don't realize that you're reading a story that you already love. Yes. 
And, you know, I, I also, there are books that go so far in the opposite direction mm. where they do really lean hard into the imagery where it does work because they're committing really hard. Mm-hmm. Speaking specifically, the book that inspired this, which was um, uh, Escaping Wonderland by Tiffany Roberts, which is mm. a... Oh, God, this is kind of old. I came to it real late. I was just... I've been in a reading slump lately. Anyway, let's go hey, through the Hey, <laughs> Bah! Um, reading slump. Their, their stuff is always fantastic, so... there's always, I always... I like keeping, like, break glass in case of emergency books for mm, authors mm-hmm. I love. And so I always have some books that I just haven't read in their backlist that I always have in the back of my mind in case I fucking need it. And I do. Um, okay, so this was published in 2019. And it is set... Uh, in a, um, technically it's a sci-fi world, but most of it takes place in a simulation. Mm. And I will say this, it is extremely dark. Extremely dark. Every once in a while, Tiffany Roberts, they'll, they'll go, they'll go quite dark with their shit. Um. I like dark. There's a lot of very dark elements. But it's a, it, it moves very quickly. So you kind of get through those rough patches very fast. Anyway, um, but it's set in a simulation where, you know, uh, what's the cultural implications of Alice in Wonderland? It's that, you know, she's in a madhouse. She's insane. This whole thing is a, you know, whatever. Yeah. So in this uh, future sci-fi world, she is um, set up by her stepmother and her stepbrother after her father dies and leaves his estate to her. They want to get rid of her. So they... Um, she's Cinderella. She she gets um yeah basically she gets uh forcefully taken into an insane asylum. Uh, so she gets thrown in this asylum and they immediately hook her up to this um this insane simulation. Um, and she's the only one who knows that she's in the simulation, and everyone else thinks she's crazy. And there's like a like the the Mad Hatter is um like a full-on like rapist who like drugs and you know like yeah it, like his tea party is where he like drugs the women and like all this there's a lot okay wait but then how is this a romance novel because usually the mad hatter is the he's not he's not the he's not the hero the hero he's is the cheshire, cheshire cat. cat that's and the other a, one he's a, he's a he's a little he's a funky little alien cat <laughs> who wears... wait an actual alien i should just show you the cover <laughs> we're fucking around here Oh wow, that's that's something. He's an alien cat. His name is Shadow. So anyway, what was cool about this book was that they really, really, really leaned hard into the the uh, imagery from the Alice in Wonderland film. Okay, but they did it in such a way where it felt like pure horror, like all of it is... was angled to be just this place is a place where people go to be driven insane. Um, I mean, that's a solid way to do Yeah. for Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, like if you're going to do it and you want to pay an homage to to the thing that everybody knows, I can accept that. I yeah. can accept that. I, I think I would still prefer if you did something completely different. However, that works. Yeah. That works. And it was good. It was good. I read the whole thing. It was there. Some parts were fucking tough, but, you know. The was the Mad Hatter uh, rape parties were those the tough that parts? was some tough parts yeah. yeah he does get brutally murdered solid love and it, it was it's pretty good it's pretty good by the by the cat man <laughs> and then he steals his hat man. he steals his hat 
Yeah. I imagine The Catman steals his hat? Yeah, because he oh. murders him. He murders him Is that dead. why he's wearing a hat in the film? Yeah. Got it, got it. Uh, I imagine him as Daniel Day-Lewis, the... Um, the I'll drink your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> you know from Gangs of New York? That, that Daniel Day-Lewis, where he, like, wears the top hat and he's got the big old mustache? I mostly just remember... Leonardo DiCaprio and his terrible accent in that movie. Cameron Diaz's was so much worse. That's true, but I think I blocked that one out of my mind. It was so bad. Hold on. <laughs> Gang of New York. Hold on. I need you to see. Because this is what I was imagining, because the hallmark of, like, the Mad Hatter is that when he kills somebody, so nobody can die in okay. the simulation. So you are murdered brutally, you come back. Um, Wait, so does that mean that when he's murdered, mur- no, <laughs> no, no, because things start to change as soon as Alice gets there. Oh, um, and it takes a long time for the Cheshire Cat to realize that when he kills people, they then come back. Anyway, this is, this is Daniel Day Lewis. Um, and so I imagined him, but the so the oh, Mad Hatter's no. hallmark after he killed somebody uh-huh. was he would take his hat off and he would dip it in the blood, and so that the top of his hat was stained all red. Anyway, I wouldn't it be was, brown? Well, it was, when it was fresh, it was red. And when it was dry, it was brown. Got brown hat there. Good old brown hat. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that was a good one. Fun. Do you want to give a good one? Yeah, should I just go for whatever? Yeah, man. Well, one of the most recent ones that I read that I absolutely loved. Not a romance, really. Uh Sorry. That's okay. Oopsie. I didn't specify. You did not specify. It's true. Pretty much all the movies are romance, though. Oh, you actually, you know what my favorite uh, movie retelling is? Mm. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 1993. (laughs) It's a really good retelling of the Super Mario Brothers game. Is that a taboo romance between Mario and Luigi? Luigi? (laughs) They're brothers, bud. That's why I said taboo. Didn't I? No, but they do get... um... Also, there's no fucking way that Bob Hoskins and (laughs) Sheldon Wasamo look like brothers. They do not. (laughs) You haven't seen the movie yet. Not without trying. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's a really good... It's a good retelling of the Super Mario's. Don't bother seeing the new Super Mario Brothers movie. No, no, no. If you can find it, it's hard. It's hard. It's really we fucking can attest, hard. It's really difficult. But if you can find it, watch the Super Mario Brothers from 1993 because that shit slaps. I will only see it in 4DX. You're not going to see it in 4DX. <laughs> no? You're seeing it from the weird DVD that Isaiah got from apparently Mexico. <laughs> I told him I'd bring my Wii over. So <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh, are we see- oh right, we're seeing it at his house. It, it, when his parents are away. <laughs> Illicit Mario Brothers movie yeah. marathon. We can't do it in front of them. No. <laughs> Shameful. Anyway, you mean It's not shit. Anyways. Um my most recent one that I really liked um was uh well T. Kingfisher in general. Yeah. They do amazing. Um, mostly fairy tale retellings, but the one that I read most recently was What Moves the Dead. Mm. And it is a retelling of The Fall of the House of Usher, which hilariously I have not read. Um, and I did not know that it was a retelling. You've which... read The Fall of the House of Usher, huh? Are you going to judge me for that, really? No, I'm just surprised you didn't read in college, that's all. Oh, I can't read. What's your degree in again? Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. It's not literature. But it is heavily book related isn't it no it's art history just have to look at things Mm. yeah 
feeling pretty stupid now, aren't you? Well, <laughs> it was the history of art and visual culture. Oh. All right. Which was shortened to HAVC. Okay. Which was then pronounced as Havoc, so I got a degree in Havoc. That, see, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, continue. Anyways, um, What Moves the Dead? It was a novella. Okay. It was really good. Yeah. Um, Did that just come out? Uh, sort of recently. It was last year, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and the pervading sense of dread that just builds throughout the whole book is fantastic. Yeah. So if you want a really good, slightly fantastical horror, read that. It's it's great. And then maybe read The Fall of the House of Usher, which I do actually have now in a short story collection because I was like, I should probably read that, huh? Poe's good. Poe's real good. I, I was very influenced by Poe yeah. uh, in, in high school. Cool. Um, As think, you were... No, it was just one of those books that, like, I read whatever we were mm. supposed to read for, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for school, but, like, a lot of those books come in collections, yeah. so I would just read the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and plus, like, short stories are fucking easy to consume. Um, and also, yeah, I was a fucking nerd. What about it? Um, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Uh, Hang out with you here in this podcast yeah, space. explains a lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, speaking of, like, horror, fantastical, like, elements and stuff, I know I've talked about on the podcast before, way back when, but I want to reiterate. One of my favorite books of all time, written by the same person who wrote um, Lost Boy, which, mm, again... Mm-hmm. That one is a Peter Pan origin story situation. Well, it's a Captain Hook origin story, but Peter Pan was not born. He was formed out of the light and heat of the early universe to to wreak havoc and um, kill little boys. Um, hey! Yeah. Um, but same person, so it's Christina Henry. And the book that I'm talking about specifically now, though, is The Girl in Red. Now, The Girl in Red... I I think I read it like oh probably week two of the pandemic. Oh no! I just had it like yeah. I, I'd been talking to Paige's mom about books that I wanted, or we were talking about books we wanted to read, and I mentioned that I I really liked Lost Boy, um, and she, so she sent me her books, um, Christina Henry's books. She sent me the rest of her books in this like kind of classics retelling series she did, um. And then, like, the pandemic hit. And I was like, well, i got time now. Um, so I read it, and I didn't realize two things. First of all, there was part of me that I guess thought it was a romance. I don't know why. But also that it fully was a pandemic book. Fully. It's about a respiratory infection, like a respiratory disease that spreads across the world from a lab leak. Um, Wait, when was this written? This was written like probably three, four years before. Yeah, nothing's new. Anyway, uh, including (laughs) global disasters. Um, And it it begins with her. She's on her way to find her grandmother. And she's like making her way through the woods. And she's on her Mm -hmm. own. Okay, She she is um, an amputee. Um, and she is a hardcore survivalist. She's like 19. Um, and she's by herself. And the story is told in two different ways. It's told from right now as she's walking through the woods by herself trying to get to her grandma. And then it's also told in flashbacks of just before the pandemic started, the middle of the pandemic, her losing her family, her then losing her brother. Um, and you don't really get that story until about like two thirds of the way through. 
But this whole time, you think that she is avoiding, like, racists. <laughs> you think she's avoiding uh, fucking uh, rapists. And you think she's avoiding just looters and whatever. And just general, I don't know, people who attack women on, on the streets or whatever. <laughs> this whole time, she's not only avoiding all of this and avoiding catching this disease, which has killed so many people and mm-hmm. killed her well no her parents were not killed by the disease they got the disease and then they were killed by racists oh. um yes um <laughs> i forgot about that part yeah um but then uh turns out that the whole time she has not only been avoiding this thing she's been basically going in parallel to this fucking monster that has been killing people the whole time so her story she keeps accidentally like crossing the monster's path and you don't like you think the whole time that you're you're like going insane mm-hmm. like you're like oh well this is some like something new with the disease like this is this thing and like people are getting literally torn in half mm-hmm. and like they're shit eaten like their legs being eaten and stuff and at the same time there's like a um like this contingent of soldiers is trying to hunt down this monster mm-hmm. that she keeps kind of crisscrossing and trying to avoid because she doesn't want to get taken to these fucking like refugee camps. Yeah. Um, and it was there that I thought that maybe this was going to be a romance novel sort yeah. of at the end because like she keeps having these interactions with this one soldier who mm-hmm. keeps like letting her go. Yeah. Um, no, it turns out there's a fucking chainsaw mouth monster uh, that is... Chainsaw mouth. Like teeth, like did the like a so, yeah, yeah chainsaw mouth monster, and it has been whole devouring people. Chainsaw? Like, whole mouth, like man? gaping mouth, like serrated teeth that go in a circle, like oh, crazy like a tardigrade. Yeah, except like huge. Yeah. Um and uh and it like basically you get the story that it like escaped from a lab after everyone died oh. because of the because of the pandemic. No. Um and so the there was this like element of this is a purely a human tragedy. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to all of the worst parts of humanity and how we collapse under pressure and how all of the worst parts of us come out. Um and then also it turns out at the end it was a story about a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and how this girl's just fucking trying to get to her fucking grandma's house. Yeah. It's great. It's a great book. But not a romance. Not a romance. Uh, you're legally not allowed to not talk about romance. Well, I feel like it, it was there. It was almost there. It was potential. You're going to have to you're going to have to do a retelling of this book. I'm going to have to write from a fan fiction for this book. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good fucking book. I mean, book, that's though. what retellings are. I have her other one. I haven't read her Alice in Wonderland one. It I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm, af- I'm so afraid. They're so scary and dark and sad. Good though. Yeah. Good though. I think they all kind of always have happy endings. I mean, Hook doesn't have a happy life, but... He doesn't die at the he end. He doesn't die, and he does get kind of hot if you're talking about the Jason Isaacs one. Well, oh, even the, even the cartoon one c- could get it, probably. That says so much about you. I've always been who I am. Yeah. 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 Anyway, go on. <laughs> go on. Go on. Go on. I'm still thinking my Captain Hook. You get to decide which one. Oh. Yeah. I like to think it's Jason Isaacs. Me too, bitch. <laughs> um. How about some movie retellings? Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go for. I don't. I don't know. I feel like sometimes the least obvious ones are the most obvious ones because everyone always thinks of them. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite Alice retellings is the sci-fi version of Alice that was like a three-part miniseries. Right. Did that... they have Sebastian Stan? 
What? Am I thinking of the wrong one? Hold on. Was that a sci-fi channel? Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Stan was in it? I don't think so. Are you no. talking about the guy who played the Mad Hatter? It wasn't Sebastian Stan. No, he was some weird Sebastian Irish dude. Sebastian Stan played a different Mad Hatter. He played it in um the show on, what was it, Fox or whatever, uh, once. Wow. Tim I'm Curry, sorry. though. I'm sorry. Wait a second. Before we get to Tim Curry, which, what? Before we get to Tim Curry, Sebastian Stan was the Mad Hatter in Once? I believe so. This was before he got famous, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, wow. Here, he wears eyeshadow and everything. Wow. Um, you know, I, know. I can't believe that I watched that show for so long. It, it was... had something going on for the first couple of seasons, then it got fucking crazy. Yeah, it pulled a Riverdale. Yeah. Um, once I started adding, like, the characters that are in the new movies that are coming out, like, yearly, it started getting fucking weird. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like they had some good things going. Wow, he really was the Mad Hatter, wasn't he? Look at his eyeliner. That's a lot. That was little baby Sebastian Stan. Yeah. That wasn't the first thing I saw him in, though. First thing I ever saw Sebastian Stan in was um, uh, the show that got canceled after, like, five episodes, which, honestly... Really made me sad. Uh, it was called Monarch. It had um, fuck, what's his name? Ian McShane it had Ian McShane in it. It was a retelling of the King David story. Ian McShane. Who's Ian McShane? Did you ever watch uh, you know, Hot Rod? <laughs> no. Oh, well, wait, wait, that weird movie with uh with uh Adam Andy Andy Samberg. Yeah. Where's Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Hard to miss. Would never have known his name. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Monarch was really good and it died before its time. Oh, I'm so sorry. For it was you. real fucking weird. Sebastian Stan played, so it was like a, it was an alternate version of the United States where we had a king. And Interesting. Ian McShane was the king. Yeah, and, that makes sense. Uh, Sebastian Stan was his son and he hated his son because his son was gay. Oh. Um, and Gay Sebastian Stan. We didn't get gay Sebastian Stan. I know. Stan? We got it for like five episodes. Um. <sighs> And then uh, this other dude, I don't remember who the, the main guy was. He was blonde. It doesn't matter. He was kind of hot, but that was about it. Um, but he's like a like a military dude who's like a soldier mm -hmm. who's fighting. Um, I assume Canada. I, I don't know. Um, so he was fighting and he did some like miraculous shit and like saved a bunch of people. And he okay. got like a bunch of awards. And then the king was like, I'm going to take you under my wing. You seem like a good young man Stand with a lot of potential. Guy. Um, and, and then he uh, fucked Sebastian Stan. No, he basically tries to set him up with his daughter to, like, you know, have him marry his daughter so he can keep him in the family and keep the political stuff. But here's where the show gets fucking weird. Okay. <laughs> so the reason Ian McShane became king mm -hmm. was because... This is great because this is also retelling. This is the reason, anyway. Yeah. Um, because... One day when he was fighting out in some, like, assume also fighting Canada, um, only people I would fight, um, and he was out there on the <laughs> battlefield and, like, a bunch of monarch butterflies landed on his head. Oh, okay. And he heard the voice of God and God told him that he of needed course. to be king. Yeah. So he made himself king. Well. That's all it takes, huh? Some monarch butterflies. Well, little Blondie uh -huh. is out in the garden and what does King see? A bunch of fucking monarchs land on his head. And so he then goes up to the top of his tower and is like, why, God? Why would you make him king? I'm king. And then he decides to hate the blonde boy, mm. um, even though he pledged his daughter to marry him. Um, 
and it was fucking it was crazy it was a really fucking crazy ass show and i I don't know, I enjoyed it very much, and then they canceled it after five episodes because no one above me was watching it. <laughs> no one except for you yeah. was like, ah, oh, the monarchs. Yeah, anyway, it's a story of the King King David or something, some Bible shit. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I don't read the Bible. Oh, did two different Bible camps. Yeah, I... Still surprising to me. My family was not religious. <sighs> Anyway, what's sort next? Of now. Anyways, we're not going to talk any more about Alice Sci-Fi, the the Sci-Fi show Alice. I never watched it. You need to watch it. It's great. It's like three episodes, and it's uh like sort of a science fiction retelling. It's yeah, it's like a science fiction retelling of Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like modernized, and the whole world is weird. And uh, I mean, obviously, because yeah. of course the whole world is weird, but. Um, it keeps all of those fun elements that you get in the book. And I, I do feel like it mostly follows the book more than it does the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get all of those weird elements, but with like the, ex- like, you know, those sci-fi movies that are like very fun, but intensely cheesy. Yeah. It's got that joy, joyful cheesiness. Classic sci-fi yeah. channel. Yes, yeah, exactly. I yeah. I, my favorite show of all time is Eureka. Oh my god, I loved that show. Yeah, fucking fantastic. I haven't thought about that show in a long time. You can watch all the episodes; they're on Amazon Prime. I don't have Amazon Prime. Oh, well, I use V's account. There you go. That's <laughs> off to V. It's on the TV. Tip it right into it's her like, blood. So I get to mess up her recommendations all the time, <laughs> and you do with joy. Yes, and glee. Yes, I watch my 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 farm show, mm-hmm. and then I watch. My Eureka. Mm-hmm. And that is it. That's it. <laughs> I did not watch anything else ever. Nothing else. No. Yeah. Well, no. During Christmas time, I watched the um, Gudetama show. The who? The Gudetama. Gudetama. Yeah. The Netflix one? Yeah, it was a fucking weird show, man. It was great. <laughs> it was real Honestly, weird. I still haven't gotten... So I was watching it with a friend, and we got all the way to the last episode, uh-huh. and we got about five minutes into the last episode, and then we had to leave. To go wherever we were going, and I don't remember where it was. And we just never ended up finishing the rest of it. And so I don't know what happens. Spoilers, Gudetama's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I <laughs> yeah. I assumed. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was, that was, that what was is a, a Gudetama re- retelling of? The story of Jesus. <laughs> the hero's journey. Yeah. Hero of a Thousand Faces, that's good at yeah. uh, It's a retelling of the Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to give you another one? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, should I stop doing Alice in Wonderland ones? Yeah, I'm... let's just do something different. Okay. Um, I mean, there's like so many versions of Jane Austen. Yes. Jane Austen yes. has a million versions. Um. A lot of them, obviously, romance because she wrote romance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got a couple of those. Uh, a couple of the book ones that I remember. One of them was Eligible by Curtis Sittenfeld. Mm-hmm. Is that the right author? Who can say? I didn't actually write down the, the person who wrote. Uh, 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 never mind. Never mind. I'm going to be wrong. See about the new Sittenfeld was the person who who just came out with the, the book that is going gangbusters right now. 
Uh, romantic comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Or, or I sold that book today. And now and you're I'm also equating it with it this book. <laughs> the same, same name, but I... <laughs> Is it? I didn't write the author here, as you can see from um, me having just written the title. Well... Uh, one of my favorites mm-hmm. uh, that I read years and years ago now mm-hmm. is Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors. Oh my god, I literally Dev. have that one on my list. Sonali Dev is Sonali so good. Dev writes so good. such good retellings. Yes. She has written amazing retellings. And part of the complication, I think, with writing um, or like retelling Jane Austen is so much of her books mm-hmm. were based on these ideas of the social mores at the time yeah. and how people were supposed to act during yeah. the time that she was writing, yeah. which if I say a date, it's going to be wrong. The Regency. <laughs> yeah. The but she was also like sort of writing during the, I mean, the Georgian period is really short. So like, but there was like a, yeah. anyways, doesn't matter. Um, this is why I shouldn't say dates because it's going to be wrong. <laughs> I just associate Jane Austen with Empire Waste and Empire Waste were Regency. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, because you 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 can't just retell Jane Austen because it's going to feel like it's silly and stupid. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So much of what she was talking about was political. And yes, was, was class. Yeah. Um, and if you don't actually translate that to their modern day equivalents, it doesn't fucking work. It doesn't work. And so so many people just try to retell Jane Austen because Jane Austen is so beloved, mm-hmm. and they honestly, if if they're doing a Jane Austen like adaptation and it's for um like a tv show or a mini series or a movie they usually go we're doing regency period and they do it pretty well yeah there are some you know less good ones yeah um <coughs> what <is the> belt? <laughs> oh yeah it's you're right bad one. pride and prejudice and zombies though takes a fucking <laughs> cake <laughs> I didn't even get through that whole movie. Anyways. V, Paige, and I, one time, we had a movie mm-hmm. night where we did Pie and Prejudice. And okay. And we had Shepherd's Pie that we okay. made, and then we had Pie, and then we mm-hmm. watched both the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. and then also we watched Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. And what's fucked up is the cinematography was better in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> well, at least they got that going yeah. for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but usually Pride and Prejudice, if they're trying to do an adaptation and a retelling that's for modern audiences, they do a terrible job. Yeah. But Sonali Dev mm-hmm. took the like social mores of Jane Austen's time and translated them to things that would be happening now. Mm-hmm. And she created these characters that feel similar enough to yeah. the like desires and like motivations of the original characters that they're just these very engaging very well-written adaptations that are that feel like they have the same heart Mm -hmm. so i think she did a great job yeah no i think she did a fantastic job i tried to get her on the podcast very early on and was unsuccessful well Um, try again she's great um, who get another my, person get my copy of Pride and Prejudice and uh, other flavors uh, signed for me? Yeah, that's not how virtual author interviews no, work. Get her sitting in this closet with you. I do you think you would Abigail, ever? I would never. Do you? I would bring a, an author I'm a friend of, friend with, friend by. 
<laughs> I would not. You don't want the dolls staring at, at, at someone you don't know? It's not even that. It's that I is have to convince rag? them. It's not even the cum rag, believe it or not. <laughs> no, it's that I have to... Convince them to step into your closet? <laughs> yeah, I have to pass them. I have to gently shepherd them through my bedroom. Uh-huh. And then I have to say, okay, now we're going to hermetically seal ourselves into the closet. And you're going to breathe my air for an hour. Like, yeah. it's a tough sell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> microphone is definitely almost Slowly dropping. Wow. Oh, yeah, no, it's really coming off of the desk right now. You got to get that further on there. Doesn't go any farther. Really? Eesh. That seems silly. Technical difficulty. <laughs> wow, that's a really unfortunately placed bar. I know. Okay. Okay, that's good enough. Um. Anyway, we fixed the microphone. Did Beef Baby fix it for you? Beef Baby fixed it. Um. I wanted to say someone I had on the podcast, Eden the Pie Kubi, Eden wrote an incredible adaptation Ooh. of uh, Pride and Prejudice called The Bennett Women. The Bennett Women. I want. I want you to know that I'm writing down your suggestions. I love that you take notes when I speak. You should be doing that always. Um, I no longer want to take notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, but yeah, you said the Bennett? The Bennett women. Um, it's really fantastic. Basically, she turns the uh, Bennett household mm-hmm. and the, the Bennett women, the sisters, into these really motivated, um, interesting, hilarious women who are all part of a um, like a... Very academic-focused sorority. On a oh, okay. Campus. And it's really fantastic. I mean, oh, that sounds great. She's just lovely. She was, she was a lovely interview. Okay, yeah, It was also cool. a fantastic book. Too bad I don't listen to your podcast. Huh? I know you would have known about that from like two years ago or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Brutal. I know. Um, hey, I also don't listen to any of my episodes of the podcast because I think that I would die. I mean, it would kill me. That's my plan. Oh, I'm interesting. I'm trying to kill you all along. I feel like there's got to be an easier way to do it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> More efficient, at least. Yeah. Um. Okay. I, you have enough fans. You could probably convince one of them to kill me for free. I don't want to use that card on you. I want to use it on oh, a bigger target. Okay. I. You know. Rude. Well. Why do I? Why should I send an army when I can take care of it myself? Uh, okay, but can we talk about before we move away from yeah. Jane Austen? Can we talk about three movies? Uh, well, two movies and a YouTube miniseries. I know exactly what you're talking. The Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Yeah. Did you like them? I no, I didn't watch any anything of. Uh, kind of uh, too uh, cringy. I I have always struggled with secondhand embarrassment. Mm, yeah, and the me whole too. vlogging thing on its own was a tough sell for me. As in, like I couldn't watch those and still can't. And then to have it be a fictional vlog mm-hmm. was so poisonous to my human microbiome. Yeah, that I couldn't stomach it. I it came out when I was in college. I was in high school. And I was and still am an idiot. Bigger idiot in college. Mm. Um and I really liked watching like vlogging channels mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yeah. Um and so this was no big deal for me and I thought yeah. it was a pretty fun retelling. There are people who are huge fans. I have a uh, one of my uh people on my Patreon like backed their Kickstarter yeah. and got their like DVDs and stuff that they did Damn. and like they're like a whole binder uh-huh. of stuff. 
from it. Yeah. So That's just, pretty cool. Just talked about that one time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, and then there's, uh, God, there's, there's so fucking many of these. Like, yeah. Well, there's a lot of them. Uh, another one of the ones that I really like, uh, that is Jane Austen is, um, I feel like the more obvious one is Clueless. It's a retelling of Emma, and that is one of, I think, the best retellings of Emma that they've ever done, like, adaptation-wise. They did an amazing job. It took me, like, a solid decade Mm -hmm. to know. To To realize it was Emma. Yeah. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, I never really, my, my, so my exposure to Jane Austen was mm-hmm. through my mom and my grandma. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think Emma was their favorite. I think it was like Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. And it was uh, Northanger Abbey. And then it was uh, Pride and Prejudice was Tops. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, well, speaking of Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. From Prada to Nada. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Is actually a very fun retelling. Okay. Yeah. I, Watched it. Um, I I can't remember when it watched, when it came out. I don't know if I watched it because it was like on Netflix, and I was like, "Sure, fucking why not?" Mm-hmm. Or if it was old enough that it was like one of the last gasps of blockbuster, and I was like, "Sure, mm-hmm. why not?" Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't. It was one of those movies that I rented, and I did not expect that I was going to like at all. I thought I was just going to have a stupid time. Like, enjoying myself for, you know, 90 minutes and, like, watching a bunch of nothingness. Yeah. Um, and it was actually, like, a pretty decent retelling. All right. And it was a pretty poignant movie with decent acting. Okay. Yeah. That's about all you can hope for, huh? Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I thought I thought From Prada to Nada was surprisingly good. That uh, spy kid really did a great job in that movie. The one who's married to Megan Trainer now? Wait, what? One of the spy kids is married to Megan Trainer. Oh, I was yeah. thinking of the other spy kid who's married to that really religious guy, where she became really religious. Oh no, I I thought it might might have been uh the the little boy, Carmen. His name was Carmen in the in the well in the movie Spy Kids. He was. That's... What was his sister's name? Ooh, I don't remember. I was obsessed with those films, though. <laughs> is it because you look like one of the thumbs? That's so mean. Yeah, Fred said it first in one of the early episodes. He didn't say I looked like one of those thumbs. Yeah, he did. He just said I looked like a thumb in general. No, he said you looked like one of the thumbs from this, uh, the the Spy Kids movies. Oh. You should re-listen to your podcast. You, I should would never... listen, you should listen to those earlier episodes, I would Abigail. never re-listen to the early episodes. <laughs> I value myself and my self-esteem. Um, yeah, I fucking love this. But anyway, yeah, he's married to Megan Trainer now. Crazy. Yeah. That's bonkers. There's a lot of songs about their sex life. So that's something we all have to accept. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other non-Austin ones? Uh, yeah. I've got, I mean, going back to I, the daughter of Dr. Moreau. Is basically yes, yes, Dr. yes, Moreau. yes, 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 yes. Very good. There was also another one that I read a really long time ago and I remember enjoying and not realizing that it was a retelling called The Madman's Daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really just a retelling of the island of Dr. Moreau. Um, well, I guess it wasn't fully a retelling because I don't think he had a daughter in the original one. Mm-hmm. Did he? You want to wiki that for me? No. Let's do uh, something else. I was looking up the name of the other book I wanted to mention. Was it based on the island of Dr. Moreau? No, but it's a similar uh, classic. Um, 
Angelica Frankenstein makes her match. Oh my god! <laughs> I yes, I got the arc of that, and uh-huh. then I read it, and then I gave it to Isaiah to read mm-hmm. it, and he and his sister read it. Did you read that one too? I actually haven't read it yet. It's been on my fucking list for forever. It is. I want to explore the implications bonkers. of making it is bonkers. Your own batshit crazy, Abigail. Your own there are man some really, at a corpse bed. Really fun things about that book. Uh-huh. Like there are, there's a lot of stuff that I enjoyed about that book, and I thought it was like a fun little bit of Frankenstein lore. Yeah. But my God, some of the ethical implications <laughs> of the things that happened, that was, I was like, I that was you my know, thought. <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> that was my thought also. Yeah, and like, also I always want to know: Did you pick the Wang? Did you pick the Wang? Do you actually want to know? It's in the first like five pages of the book. Oh my god, tell me! Did you yeah, pick the she wang? picks the Wang. Love it. <laughs> Get a queen. Yeah, and um, it's big. Well, is what she describes it as in ways that I will not talk about. Wow. Okay, I do need to read it out. I checked it out from the library, and then I didn't have the brain uh, capacity to read it. Yeah, that's valid. Uh, it was better, the library like Christmas time. That was, was not the time. Better to do than it. that one time when I read Talia Hibbert, who I love. I love her books. She is, is an it, amazing you talk about the squash? writer. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't forget the kind of thing where an author describes a man's ding dong as looking like he has a butternut squash stuffed in his pants. Like that's not the size or shape you want <laughs> <laughs> your schlong to be. Yeah, I mean, depends on your genre, for sure. Are you talking about? Are you talking about nodding right now? No, I'm actually I'm not. <laughs> I'm talking specifically. So, Honey Phillips wrote a series of books called the Alien Invasion books, which are actually quite good. Um, and they uh, are about this like race of aliens called the Yaren, and they come down and they like take over the planet, but they mm-hmm. do it specifically to improve our planet and to stop us from destroying it. Mm-hmm. And they're like hardcore military dudes, but they actually are like pretty decent okay um and their big thing is in exchange for you know fixing the planet they want their women um and they have she describes them as having an undulating shaped cock oh no and i where it's thicker i can't really tell where it's supposed to be thick and where it's supposed is it, to be is it going like is it like that yeah i think it goes like a yeah so it's like it's like anal. It's the anal beads of kind talk. of, but then like it gets the widest at the base, which so it so it starts so it starts like this, and it just goes like it's this. a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you ever attach a little carrot to his dick? <laughs> Sticks out the bread. Scribble them a little hole. I love it. Anyway, they just blew. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Well, um, he does not have a daughter, Dr. Moreau. He doesn't have a daughter. But he's got a lot of pets. <laughs> yeah, let's call them pets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One that's not a retelling but feels like a retelling. What is that, um, oh, uh, that book that won the fucking Nebula that I don't know why it won the Nebula it is not that amazing. Um, It's about all of the, like, daughters of, like, uh, Dr. Moreau, and then it's like... Oh, the one that I didn't read, but I was going to read, but then I It has a really didn't. long title. Yeah, the... 
God. Mm-hmm. God, this is yep. bad podcast. <laughs> you know, Abigail, hilariously, I, I have it. I have it on my shelf yeah. right now. That's, do you want me to go out of your closet <laughs> no. and get it? No, you would not be able to find it. Yeah, no, um, I wouldn't. Anyway, that one is not a retelling, but it basically is a retelling. Mm. Um, yeah. Like Frankenstein's Bride, who escaped him because he was abusive and a rapist, um, is like a character in it. And then like uh, Sherlock is a love interest to like the main kind of girl in it. And it's very it's very strange. Well, speaking of Sherlock and changing the topic from that book. Yeah. Um, well, two of my favorite Sherlock retellings uh, are Jacoby, mm-hmm. which is a really fantastic YA series where... Uh, sure. The like Sherlock Holmes character mm-hmm. isn't even the main character. Uh, the young woman who kind of plays the um, Watson character mm-hmm. is the main character, and it's this world where magic exists, and there are these magical creatures, and mm-hmm. they have to try and find and hunt down these magical creatures. And he has these amazing powers of observation, and also all of these magical tools. Um, and it's a series of three. There's actually a new one coming out soon. That I'm really excited for. <laughs> that I should be reading. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, Sherlock Holmes adaptations are tough. Yes. They're very tough because uh, not a lot of it translates super well. And, no. like, it's so, so character-driven and less plot-driven mm-hmm. that you kind of, like... I don't know. It's it just it all it feels more like fan fiction than I think other retellings yeah. do. Yeah. Because um, Sherlock Holmes itself sometimes feels like fan yeah. fiction. Like reading the originals yeah. can feel like fan fiction, which is partly because he didn't want to write anymore. No, of he them. didn't like it anymore. <laughs> he he yeah. got to a certain point, which was pretty early on, where he was like, I fucking hate this guy. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to do this. Y- you guys love him too much. Yeah. And it's fucking weird. Yeah. 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 Um, one of my favorite Sherlock Holmes retellings, though, is a book that I um, continually forget that I've read and I don't know where my copy went. Um, but it's called Vienna. Hmm. And it is uh, lesbians. Oh, love it. Yeah. But it's a Sherlock Holmes character that, um, of course, she and the Watson character end up like falling in love. But she is... Um, She's this detective that uh, ends up being accused of murder Mm. and she has to use her immense power of, you know, deduction to... Observation. Yes. Uh, And, like, she gets accused of murder and the day that that happens, she wakes up in the bed of this beautiful model who, like, helps her solve (gasps) all of these. Yeah. All of these mysteries. I love that it's part. very fun. Cool. The characters are great. Um, and in this one, Sherlock is significantly less of an asshole. <laughs> like the the Sherlock character is yeah. less of an asshole. Um, I actually really liked that Sherlock because that's the fine line that you have to like run where Sherlock Holmes is kind of an asshole. Yeah. Like he's he's not fully an asshole. Like there's a lot where if you read the original Arthur Conan Doyle, he's like very in his own head and so he can sometimes ignore you know human interactions but he seems like he genuinely cares for people but oftentimes certain people Stephen Moffat will write (laughs) (laughs) Sherlock Holmes as a real bag of dicks just well yeah just a real shithead yeah a little bit of self-insert there yeah Uh, yeah Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I'll never, for, honestly, I don't give a shit about Sherlock. I don't even give a shit about what they did to Doctor Who, although that's annoying. Um, mm. But I, I, I will forever hate that man for what he did the last episode of, of Dracula 2019. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. 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 Yes, Abigail. This is probably the last thing we're going to talk about because we, oh, we're closing out so now. Well, this. buddy, this is I told you this is how it's going to go. Um, okay, but we don't get to talk about this Gallman series. Does that count? No. Aw. No. Aw. Listen. Okay. Dracula 2019. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It is a fucking incredible series. It's okay. a three-part series. Mm-hmm. First episode takes place in Transylvania. Mm-hmm. And like It's like the original Dracula mm-hmm. story, right? And then the second one is about the Voyage of the Demeter. Um, do you know what that's about? Vampire gets on ship. Yeah, vampire gets on ship. He wants to go to England. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he like kills everybody on board. It's like a whole whodunit. There's a new yeah. movie coming out. Yeah. Um, they are incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dracula is played by this actor who I'd never heard of before. His name is Klaus Bang. Okay. Love it. He's Dutch. (laughs) Love it. He has the most feral bi energy. (laughs) Oh. He is like six foot five. He wants to fuck you. He wants to fuck you. He wants to fuck you over there. Eh? Like, it doesn't matter. He wants to take a little bite out of all of yous. Um, He's fucked up. He's crazy. There's one good jump scare that has, like, weird fucking melty face claymation shit in it. Ooh. Like, the first two episodes, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Because I saw that Stephen Moffat was one of the writers for it. Uh-huh. And I was, like, kept waiting. I kept waiting for, for a man to, to, to unscrew a jar and huff it. And be like, mm, my own farts. Like, I kept waiting. <laughs> and it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. I was like, holy yeah. shit, they did it. They, they learned. forced Stephen Moffat not to, s- not to sniff his own farts. Not to sniff his own farts. To keep the jar closed. Yeah. And then we get to the third episode. And immediately, he's in it. <laughs> Stephen Moffat? No, Stephen Moffat, the other one. Uh, his partner, who's always in his stuff. Um, Fuck doesn't matter we're our brains are working yeah real it's good. like it's like nine o'clock it's it's late it's, for our brains i'm sorry we started out like this <laughs> like that so that's, that's too. um anyway the the people who the fucking dudes the the writing duo behind the the guy who played uh mycroft in the in um benedict cumberbatch's Sherlock. hot priest from uh no like mycroft that's not mycroft that's uh fucking the bad guy mycroft is his brother Oh, right. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah. The tall, skinny dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know his name, but yeah. I know who you're talking That's about. That, he's he's like his writing partner. Oh. And he's always in literally everything they do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was shocked that he wasn't in it. Of course, he fucking is immediately in it. He has mm-hmm. a stupid character. And it's set in modern England for no fucking reason. And it just goes so... Like, the drop from, holy shit, this show is really fucking good, to immediate just absolute dookie was precipitous to the point where Fred and I were watching it years ago and we're watching it we're like oh my god this is hilarious how bad this last episode yeah. is like this is insane anyway oh, Stephen so Moffat. if you do watch it watch the first two episodes you do not you, do you not don't need the it. third one you don't are need... they complete stories on their own yes great they're complete stories like, I will watch the first two the final one like he literally the like this the last the second episode a second episode, he like um, emerges from the water, and you immediately like, oh my god, where is he? So he's in modern England, and then it cuts to black, and you're like, you know what? I'm fine with leaving that there. Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's a good a place. Fine to end ending. It. He's gonna go wreak havoc. He's gonna go yeah. fuck his way through England. Sure, 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 sure. Great. Um, 
but like everything else was like <laughs> like there is a whole the they oh. changed the mythos of Dracula to be the reason he's scared of crucifixes and of the sun is because he hates himself. <laughs> and then it's he wishes that he had died like all of his ancestors oh had died God. so he can't face Jesus <laughs> and, wow. and yeah there's a lot there's mm. a lot it's really fucking terrible wow but anyway there the the nun who plays um the like person investigating Dracula mm-hmm. she's fucking incredible okay she is so amazing I do, like she, the, in the Stephen Moffat one yeah how does Stephen Moffat end up finding all of these women who are very good actresses and just... I don't know. I don't know. He's like the Joss Whedon of England. Sucks. But uh, anyway, yeah, watch the first episodes. You will not be fucking disappointed. It's okay, incredible. I'll write it At down. At one point, he emerges from the bowels of a wolf. Oh. Just bursts out of the belly of a wolf. Wow. Like classic Dracula style. Is that classic Dracula? Yeah, that is. That's that's, oh. in, the, that's in the book. He's, Wait, it is? Yeah. He's naked. I read the book. He's like naked. He's standing in front of all these fucking nuns. He's full on naked, covered in wolf guts. And he's challenging this one nun who's like the badass. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're going to let me in. And she's like, and he's like, look how scared they are. And she's like, sir, they've never seen a penis before. <laughs> it's fucking really good. It's That's really good. so good. You need to watch it. Yeah, okay, I'm writing it down. Dracula 2019. On Netflix. 2019. And I will write, make a note that this one is Netflix. Yes. Um, And probably the next time we talk, you will have seen my favorite adaptation. <sighs> Mario. Super Mario Bros. From what is it an adaptation of, huh? It's an adaptation of the Super Mario Bros. game. That's not a story. That is. That's not a story. It's a story about a man who uh, wants to save his possible girlfriend, possible wife from a, from a big turtle monster. She don't want to be saved. <laughs> yeah, she does actually end up fucking the turtle in games. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. The, so I'm part of um, a series of interesting Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, for research, and uh-huh. there's been a lot of people asking for book recs based on browser. <laughs> said a lot. That said a lot. Well, on that note, that's the end of the podcast. What do you want to plug? Tell Navigail she's listening. What I want to plug is for you to not see the um, new Super Mario Bros. movie, despite how cool Jack Black might be. Um, because of unnamed homophobic people. I was I was scared of Jack Black growing up. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. It's too intense for me. Yeah, he is really intense. Oh, same reason I was terrified of uh, Rob Williams. Yeah, also an intense man. So hairy. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Are you afraid of... Just or... big, hairy, intense men who yeah. yell a lot. Yeah. Like, it was a lot Yeah, for that's me. valid. Yeah. That's valid. Yeah. <laughs> like, my parents uh, made me watch School of Rock, and I mm. remember just being like... This man's a stranger who shouldn't be teaching kids, and then he's mean, and then he yells all the time, and they're not learning anything. This is not a fun movie. You were the Miranda Cosgrove. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tell Navigail. Navigail, don't see the new Super Mario Bros. movie. Don't see it. Instead, petition to have the old Super Mario Bros. movie available for anyone and everyone to watch because it is a treasure and a gem and i want all of you out there on this podcast listening tour 
Huh. Interesting. To go and find a copy. Maybe your local library has it. Yeah, well, they might. Probably not, but they might. They might. Go to your local Blockbuster. There's only There's one. Only one. <laughs> There's only one. So it's local to everyone. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Find the Super Mario Bros. movie from 1993 and watch it. Please. Mm-hmm. It's great. Okay. What okay. do you want to plug? Oh, I got lots of stuff. <laughs> Oh, also, um, buy books from independent bookstores. Don't yeah, buy them too. from Amazon. Or go to your li- local library. They have lots of books. Yeah, they got lots of books. Uh, the episode I did with Kat last week mm-hmm. was all about how you should support independent bookstores and authors and libraries. Um, because boy, howdy, it's tough out there. Oh, um, boy, howdy, sure fucking is. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to support one specific independent bookstore slash author... By supporting me, you are supporting the bookstore. Not directly, maybe, but I'll, I will be better to work around if I am supported. <laughs> she won't. I can, I can promise I you that. I might actually be worse. Yeah. 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 Might be more insufferable. Yeah. Um, but which you is could, impressive, honestly, that which, you can get more insufferable. Yeah. And so if you want that, if you want me to be funnier at work, then... Yeah, honestly, I'm... I'm Sort of disappointed in myself because I feel like I was not terribly entertaining this episode at all. And I we apologize. actually talked about books for too long, which is troubling. Yeah, we didn't make any weird jokes or no. We definitely each other. did do both of those things. <laughs> not like as much as we usually do, but a good amount. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I have I have books out. Did you have those dolls in here last night? I've always had the dolls in here. Hmm. That's Ripper and Detective Adeline. Oh, they have names now. Yes, they've ha- always had names. I don't think you've introduced me. Maybe you just weren't paying attention. Uh, that sounds like me. So I have a book coming out on May 3rd, 30th. God, not May 3rd. Whoa, that'd be bad. Huh? Uh, I have a book coming out on May 30th. Uh, it's called Strike. You should read it. It's very short for me, for Abigail. What I do is short. It's like 65,000 words. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's, uh, I think it's pretty good. It's sweet. It's a uh, low angst comparatively. Um, and then also oh. I did a huge shop update. Um and I got a bunch of stickers up there. I got a bunch of prints. I got all of these things. So you should do that. You know, it also helps if you, I don't know, give me a follow on whatever platform you want. Um, you can join the Patreon. All of the links are in the description below. Allie is distracting me uh, by just touching the dolls in inappropriate ways. No, I, this is not so, inappropriate. Well, if you were not touching them at all, it would, would be more appropriate. But thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Thank I'll you. talk to you next week. I won't. Goodbye. Bye. Kingdom of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.